Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Coifcast. Um, on another week when nothing's happened and it's really quiet and I've got nothing to talk about, as per... It's all going off, isn't it? It's all going off, and this is quickly becoming um, quite the relegation battle we found ourselves in. Um, yeah, plenty to discuss. Not even got any questions, really, for this um, edition of the podcast. Usually I ask for questions on social media. Uh, I did get a couple through, actually, because um, people are just used to that kind of thing, I guess. Uh, but I didn't actually ask for any this week, just because there's just so much to talk about. I probably didn't even need them. Uh, I can pretty much set my own agenda for this. Um, so that's what I did. I did have a bit of a plan for what I was going to talk about today. Obviously, you've seen the title of the podcast. Naturally, that's something we have to discuss. Um, but about 11 o'clock this morning, well, half 10, 11 o'clock this morning as we're recording, um, the plan just went out the window completely. The agenda completely changed and I had to start from scratch because we've made another signing and it's the biggest of the lot, I think it's fair to say. Um, the four signings we discussed at length last week when Adam Hughes was on the pod. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. But we've kind of gone above and beyond a little bit on this one. Uh, a loan deal till the end of the year. Blake Austin from the Leeds Rhinos is now a Castle Tiger, at least in the short term, in a move that has shocked pretty much everyone, uh, including myself. I didn't think that was going to happen. I did think there was a possibility we were going to use that quota spot before the end of the year. Um, and I'm just thinking now, I'm assuming he does take a quota spot, but of course he is a Great Britain international. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd take the quota spot. Don't, but yeah, maybe look into that. Um, but yeah, I, I did think there was a possibility we'd, we'd bring one more in, uh, especially with this kind of two-week gap coming up very, very shortly where they can kind of embed themselves in the squad. Uh, but I wasn't quite expecting this one. And it, it did certainly come out of left field, but alas, the club have acted very, very quickly. It would seem that the club didn't even know it was available until about 9pm yesterday evening and by quarter to 12 the following day, uh, he's officially a cast player uh, for the next few games. So welcome, Blake Austin. Um, kind of mixed feelings, I think, um, judging by social media and kind of the immediate, um, mostly positive, of course. I mean, it's, it's clearly a statement of intent, I think. Um, it, it's a really, it's a progressive move. Um, clearly, I'm... I think he's our best halfback on the field uh, in, in the squad, certainly at the moment. Uh, it makes sense. I'd kind of forgot about obviously Riley Dean being recalled early in the week as well. So he just kind of fits straight into that sixth spot when he does come in. Of course, it won't be Huddersfield um, tomorrow night where he'll be playing, but it will be. You'd like to think Wakefield in a couple of weeks' time. Um, yeah, just, just, just a bit crazy, really. Just a bit crazy that it's happened so quickly um, and happening the way it has. But Blake Austin's a cast player. I think he's going to wear number 46. <laughs> I think I think that's where we're getting. We're literally getting to the point where we're running out of squad numbers at this point. Um, he's going to wear number 45 or 46, I think. Um, but yeah, welcome, Blake. As I say, very, very interesting. Mostly positive. A couple of um, comments, which I think are quite right, in the sense that, you know, is he coming for the right reasons? Is his head going to be on it? Obviously, he's a little bit of a loose cannon anyway. Um, certainly a dynamic player, but there's a bit of an uh, enigma about him. He's not been the most consistent player of all time. That's for sure since he arrived in Super League. Um, but he does have talent in abundance. That's for sure. He does have a lot of talent. Um, which is why it's kind of surprised that he's worked out this way. Because, I mean, I've not watched Leeds every single week, don't get me wrong. But from what I've seen of Leeds Rhinos this year, he's been arguably their best player. He's been up there. 
Um, I think Cameron Smith's done a great job at 13. There's been a few other uh, players who have really stood up for them this year. I think, obviously, Harry Newman, when he's on the field, is excellent. But I, I think Blake Austin has had one of his better years kind of quietly this season. Um, so it is surprising Leeds have not kind of wrapped that deal up and, and, and kept in long term. Presumably they've got another iron in the fire, maybe just going a little bit younger for the next season. That's probably what they're, what they're thinking. Players like Rowan Milnes, for example, have been mentioned for Leeds. So perhaps it's just a bit of an age profile thing and they just want to get the age down. Um, but clearly a disgruntled um, Blake Austin uh, in order for this to happen. It's happened very, very quickly. Um but it's a coup for us, I think. I think it's a coup. And obviously, the fact we're only getting him for basically two months, it's relatively low risk for us as well. I think it's worth a shot. As I say, he is very, very talented. If it doesn't work, we'd only be in the same situation anyway, to be honest. I don't see any issue with kind of having a go at this. The fact that he's going to have two weeks now to embed in the squad and kind of work on those combinations um, might bring out the best in some players. I know we had a question from Matthew Sutton. Um, asking whether this would actually bring the most out of Jacob Miller. Um, maybe. Maybe it's a possibility. Um, I don't think it can harm. I don't think it can harm the fact that Miller's not going to have to be the dominant half so much. Um, you know, Blake Austin will demand a lot of the ball. Uh, he's got a very good running game, but he can also kick as well. And I'll get into a couple of the stats I've dug out in a little bit and kind of prove where he is in terms of Super League standings. But he will be the dominant half. So he will allow Jacob Miller to just kind of, that pressure will be off him a little bit. And maybe that starts to bring him out of his shell a little bit. Because let's be honest, he's not been at it this year. And I think by his own admission, Jacob Miller's not had a good year, uh, his first year at Cast. So I think it can only benefit him, um, to be honest, taking a little bit of the pressure off. Uh, and in terms of combinations, really, the one you you probably should be the most excited about and not, I'm not saying for a second that it's going to you know blow the roof off Super League. I don't think we're going to set the world alight straight away and, you know, I'd, I'd have much preferred to see it a few years ago, but at the very least, what you do have is now standoff who knows his fullback very well if Gareth Woodup's going to play there, because of course they had quite a few years together at Warrington and obviously have that combination. They've played together many, many times. That can only help as well. That can only help. The fullback coming into the line is so, so important in the modern game. And we, we've seen bits of it. We saw bits of it. We saw bits of it at Magic Weekend. I thought that was probably the best use of Gareth Woodup we've seen all year coming to the line. He had probably his best game for cast despite a few early drops uh, defensively. Certainly in attack, he played very, very well. And it was due to the combination. Um, a lot of it was Paul McShane that day, uh, helping him from the hooker role. But even so, uh, I think having Wood up in that sixth role and kind of taking a lot of attention from defences um, can only help Miller and Wood up in the long term, therefore the outside backs as well. Um, as I say, in terms of attention, uh, he's going to get, with all due respect to Riley Dean, I think he had a go. He's been here for, you know, four or five weeks. Uh, he had a crack, but I think he's still a fair bit off it. He's still a youngster, probably not quite up to it, certainly not that dominant half I was talking about at the moment. And I don't think opposition teams were really going out of their way to worry about Riley Dean uh, in the week, to be honest, of all due respect. There's no question that Wakefield are going to plan for Blake Austin. That's for sure. Um, or at least plan the best they can. Uh, of course, it's very, very off the cuff, but it gives us a real different dimension, I think. And you know, it might not work, but at the very least, it's going to get oppositions uh, thinking about us a lot more deeply than they were previously. Um, so let's talk about Blake Austin this year then in terms of where he's been at. Uh, as I say, I think it's been quietly his best year, despite the fact he's probably not had those kind of big moments. Um, you know, I remember him scoring a try at Magic Weekend uh, in Liverpool, I think that was 2019. 
and you know scored a few big tries. Obviously, kind of burst into the scene when he came over and was probably a little bit more out there in terms of. Oh, sorry, it was a little bit more obvious in terms of him playing very well. This year, he's been a little bit, a little bit more consistent. I would say certainly towards the back end of the year, and you know there's elements of, you know, obviously yeah, he's in contract year, so you know you play for that deal. Um, that's just a a natural thing that just seems to be happening right now, and we'll get onto a player who's had a similar story to that later on. Um, but he's been generally very good. He's generally very good. I looked at the Super League stats before I started on the podcast, and there's three in particular which really stand out. Um, he's got 14 try assists on the year. That's 10th in all of Super League, uh, which is not a bad effort by any means at all. Certainly higher than any uh, any cast additions there. He's got 12 clean breaks on the year, which doesn't sound that much, actually, doesn't it, in the grand scheme of things? It doesn't sound that much. I think 30 is the highest on the list. But 12 clean, uh, 12 clean breaks, should I say, is actually the highest among out-and-out halfbacks. If I'm not going to include Bevan French and Jay Field are kind of litter with the kind of six position and Jack Wellsby as well, who I do regard as a fullback. Um, 12 clean breaks is the highest among out and out halfbacks. Um, he's got a real running threat. Um, Lockie Lamb was there as well on the list. Uh, Blake Austin's got more than Lamb this year and obviously Lamb has had an excellent year. And also he's going to stay at Lee as well. So fair play to the Leopards getting that other line. Um, and then 40 20s that he's had four this year, um, which is the highest in Super League. Um, no one else has had more than three. Stats kind of add up. The stats add up that he's clearly had a good year. Um, he's not finished yet by any means. Um, there's been talk about, I mean, I really did assume that certainly early in the year that Leeds would wrap him up for next season, particularly been probably not, not wanting to go through another kind of transition period. And I think they've done quite well at times, although it has a little bit, been a little bit rocks and diamonds. Um, but I was surprised Blake Austin has not stayed at Leeds. There was even talk a couple of weeks ago when Jake Clifford news broke at Hull, would he be the option at Hull? You know, big teams are, are involved in the Blake Austin conversations. Um, he's a good player. He's a good player, certainly at his best. So hopefully we've just snuck in in the nick of time and can really benefit from that for the next for the next few games. Um, as I said, I don't think we've registered him in time to play against Huddersfield tomorrow night, which is unfortunate, but it's just one of those things. It's happened very late. I'm sure if we had our way, he would be playing tomorrow night, but that just happens. So, yeah, two-week gap to embed, and then it's into Wakefield uh, and that run of games. Interestingly enough, having read the statement uh, that Cass released at 11.45 this morning, it doesn't mention anything about eligibility. And with the fact that he's off contracts, uh, the Rhinos at the end of the year, and it would appear there's no future for him at Leeds, there can't be now, this would be pretty much it. Um, I reckon he might be able to play ahead in the final game of the season as well. Um, don't quote me on that I'm not sure it might be written into a contract here and there but in the same way that Adam Milner can play against us tomorrow because he's off contracts and still currently on loan at Huddersfield but yet he can play I would assume the same would be the case for Austin so that's another big cue as well is we're not going to you know have him for five weeks and then be in a situation where we need to get a win the final game of the season and we lose as halfback I, I don't think that's going to be the case based on kind of precedent set um, so that's hopefully positive news as well. Um, I just hope that's true. <laughs> I hope that's true, and it'd be nice to get some clarification from the club on that. But all being well, he'll be able to play every game bar Wakefield. I'm really positive about this. Uh, I have to be. I think everyone should be. At the very least, you know, we've swung a bat here, haven't we? Uh, we've, we've seen him. We've seen him coming towards us. He's, he's become available. Um, we've worked very, very quick to get this off the line and. In terms of players in Super League who we could realistically bring in to make a difference, I'm struggling to think of one 
higher up the list than Blake Austin, to be honest. Um, it's about as strong as we could have got. It's about as strong as we could have gotten. There is a mindset issue, uh, as I discussed. You know, he's not been the most consistent player of all time. He's a little bit of loose cannon. Um, you know, it's probably the reason he's over in England in the first place, um, to be honest. But you take that chance. I mean, he, he wouldn't be the first Maverick to play for Cass and play very well for Cass. The greatest player I've ever seen um, in the 25 years of me supporting Cass was a loose cannon and a Maverick. <laughs> it, ended up, it ended up pretty pear-shaped, but you'd take that for what you saw in the field. Um, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with the Austin move. Um, and anyone trying to kind of slam him for the comments he made on the, that podcast a couple of weeks ago as well, I've seen that doing the rounds on social media. Um, there's a 20, 25 second clip of him saying that essentially you'd want his kids to go on the Leeds Rhino scholarship as opposed to say Castleford and mentioned the facilities and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a few people have used that as yeah, a bit of a, yeah, a bit, bit of a stick to beat Cass with in the sense that Austin doesn't even like Cass, so why is he going there, et cetera, et cetera. My answer to that would be, well, I completely agree with Blake Austin. <laughs> I don't think what he said is is wrong by any means. I, I don't think um, saying that the Leeds Scholarship slash Academy is a better place for your kids than the Castleford Scholarship slash Academy is, you know, that's not a controversial take. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that means he hates Castleford. I think that's just a fact. Um, you know, even Castleford's academy is his very, very best, probably isn't to the level of leaders, you know, money and facilities and all that kind of thing. We don't have Kirksel, for example. You know, it's I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think that's absolutely fine. And I think it's a little bit cheap um trying to get anything from that, to be honest. So yeah, that's Blake Austin. I'm excited about it. If it's gonna get Wakefield a little bit worried, let's be fair, uh, before Friday the 18th. And at the moment, until we hopefully do something tomorrow against Huddersfield, that's all we can ask for. So I'm happy with it. It's a bit of a statement, and I think it improves the side, which is ultimately all we need to do. Um, so on the recruitment on the whole, then, so that's five players. So that's five players we've brought in. Um, Alex Foster, uh, Liam Horn, Tassie Parler, uh, and Big Billy. I'm going to commit to Big Billy. I don't want to butcher his name. I, I think I can say it, but I'm, going to, I'm just going to go with Billy. Um, five of them. We've seen two. We're yet to see three of them, um, which is why I've not been fully invested in the meltdown this week. Um, although, admittedly, more invested than I have before. <laughs> you know, you, you know what I'm like. But I, I certainly have been more in favour of certain things this week than I have been previously. But again, I, I try and stay level-headed, and I go, you know what? We did mention on the podcast last week that Hawke was going to go one of two ways. Um, it was either going to be the perfect time to hit them or it was going to be uh, the worst possible time to hit. And it turned out it was the latter, unfortunately. Um, the crowd were up for it. He named a pretty strong squad. Uh, and, and we were poor, ultimately. Uh, and that's the reason we didn't get a result there. But probably wasn't the right situation to play. Hulk KR, certainly in a season where we've not won away from home. That game was probably trickier than we probably gave it credit for. Um, would have been a little bit easier this week, to be honest, based on the squad they've faced to... Um, sorry, the squad they've named to face Wigan. Uh, the weekend, I think the first number of the list starts about 18. So that would have been useful, but here we are. You you can't pick and choose those. Um, we did mention on the pod a couple of weeks ago, this Huddersfield game is huge. This Huddersfield game feels absolutely massive. I, I think it's almost akin to the Wakefield game in many ways. Um, is it must win? It's as close to must win as I've ever known a game. To be honest, it, it has to be. It has to be. Um, 
for the coach, first and foremost, and we'll get onto that in a second. But I think just for the general well-being of the fan base, frankly, I think we need something. We need something to bring us up. This Austin News will help, uh, as the announcements did last week. Um, but another weekend of results not going our way, and it's, it's going to go uh, from bad to um, very, very, very bad um, in terms of the mood of the fan base, I think. Um so yeah, Huddersfield's huge, but it is also, I think, a better opportunity than Hull KR was last week. Um, I watched Huddersfield play Hull last Thursday. It was a pretty dreadful game, to be honest. Uh, it wasn't great at all. Um, Huddersfield flattered to deceive a little bit. They were okay. I, I wasn't overly taken with them, to be fair. And, and I certainly don't think we should fear them. Uh, we've got... Well, have we got something to lose? I don't know. Has a team of eight points got anything to lose? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But that's the mindset we need to go in with, I think. Uh, we need to go in and just go, you know, we just got to attack this game. We've got to attack this game. Huddersfield are there to be got at. They've been poor all year. Uh, certainly by their, the standards they set at the start of the season. And we're at home. It's huge. The fact we're at home is massive. We're still at a stage where Bar Magic Weekend, we've not won away from home. Us and Wakefield are still in that situation. We've got to make the most of our home games particularly as I think we've only got three left uh, and this will probably be the easiest of the bunch on paper. So this is the one where we've really got to go for it. Um, this Austin news will give us a little bit of a boost, I think on the terraces, which is good. And the, the other kind of element of this, which again, probably hasn't been discussed enough. I don't think in the last week is the fact that yes, we made those four signings, but the two that played against all KR with all due respect were probably the two to likely to make the least impact. Um, certainly in terms of the scoreline, it's obviously great to get Billy in as a prop uh, and kind of get those minutes. But, you know, he's only a few days off a flight and you don't know how much impact he's going to really have. But also, he's a prop forward. He's probably not going to be the difference maker between you, you know, getting 18 points, which is probably what you need um, to, kind of break, uh, to kind of bridge the gap. What you do need is players capable of scoring tries, capable of attacking, frankly. Liam Horn and Tassipala are the two most exciting signings we've made. Uh, certainly those four. They're in now two weeks practice. They've got a chance to go in against Huddersfield and make a real statement. Um, I think they're both going to start. I think Tassipala will definitely start. Horn might come off the bench if he's going to be in the hooker role, which is okay because he'll probably come after 20 minutes. But I'm just excited to see him go. And I think that's a real advantage for us going into this game. For example, Huddersfield's, they'll watch the tape, I'm sure, of New South Wales, Queensland Cup, whatever it might be, but they've never seen them in Super League. They've never seen how they're going to adapt um, to this cast squad. And the fact is they're both very versatile, so they're not even sure where they're going to play for cast. I mean, I assume it is the hooker all for the horn and probably the centre for Tassie Parler, but we don't know for sure. Uh, we don't know for sure. And Huddersfield won't know that for sure either. It's a huge game. It's a huge game. It's been earmarked for a while. And... Um, yeah, it just feels huge. Which brings us on to Andy Last, brings us on to the coach. Is this pun intended? Because it has to be. There was no other thing I could call this podcast. Let's be honest. You've all had it in the back of your minds. Imagine I'd released this episode, it wasn't called this. I mean, it'd be an idiot. Is it last chance to win for Andy Last this game? I think if it goes a certain way, yes. I, I think it does. And the Blake Austin news this morning. Um, made me teeter a little bit. It did. I think without the Austin news, I'd be absolutely steadfast. The Austin thing and the fact he can't play Friday, the fact he can only play at Wakefield, and obviously Andy Lass has been involved in this decision to bring him in, 
makes me think otherwise a little bit. But I still think if this game really goes awry on Friday uh, and we lose by kind of three, four scores and the performance really hasn't improved from OKR and there's been no significant difference in effort levels, first and foremost, which is, I think, the real issue. Um, the, the, well, the thing we've all taken real issue with, um, not so much the performances. I mean, well, certain, certain fans certainly have taken issue with the performances, but I mean, I said in the very first episode of this podcast that the team was only going to get to a certain level and that level wasn't very high. We knew this team was where it was at um, and, and there was a, a, a definite ceiling on, on the potential of this side and it probably wasn't very, very high at all. But at least you want 100% effort out of those players out there and we haven't seen that necessarily in the last couple of weeks. If, again, we do not get that effort this week against Huddersfield, you've got to ask the question. I, I, I think you've got to look long and hard about Andy Last at that point. Um, and I'd feel for him a little bit because I think ultimately it is the players not putting that effort in. And I think you know a lot of fault has to come at their door, for sure. But the way sport works is coaches are scapegoated for that. And that's just the way that's just the way every single sport works. The coach, the coach takes the fall. That, that, that's it. And if you can view it as Andy Last just simply can't motivate these players, which is a way of viewing it for sure then of course he would have to go. I think if if this is, you know, if we lose 36-12 or something like that, and it's just it's just been dismal and we fall away in the second half again, and there's been no significant difference, even with the new signings in, it's a tough one. It, it's going to be a tough one to get him through that two weeks, I think, with the way the fan base is at the minute. Um, you know, you need some proper assurances from above why they were doing that. And I think there are things they can say which would make sense to a certain extent, but still it's going to be a tough ask. It's going to be a really, really tough ask. And yeah, I, I would be on board with the, with the majority of you lot, I think in the sense that you'd, you'd want some change. Uh, I think you want some change at that point for, for Andy's point of view, to be honest, for Andy's sake. Um, because how demoralizing for him must it be, you know, and this week is clearly massive for him and, you know, the press conference is going on as we speak. Um, I've had to do this at this time. So I don't know exactly what he said in the press conference today, but clearly this is a massive week for him. Clearly he must have been into these players to say, you know what, my job might be on the line here. Clearly I need 110% effort from you. Yeah, how demoralising for him as a, as a human being would it be if he can't get that effort this week out of these players? Um, that must be a pretty low point, uh, I think. And I probably would feel for him uh, in that instance because, you know, it's just it's just not working um, in that in that in that in that time. So yeah, if it goes wrong, if it goes, I'll say wrong, if it goes the same as the whole KR game did and a couple of other games this year, when we play Huddersfield on Friday, then I think realistically we'd be looking at an announcement Saturday morning. Yeah, I think it'd have to be looked at, particularly with the two weeks gap. It does mean that there is a little bit of room to bring someone in. I don't think they can make any massive changes, to be honest. And that's the other thing. There is only five or six weeks left now. So it's not like you can make wholesale changes with literally 45, 46 players on the box at the minute. You know, if you can't work with that, you know, there's not much you can do. There's not much you can do in terms of two weeks. What can you do in two weeks? But maybe we could bring someone in just to kind of galvanise a little bit uh, and try and get that effort level back at least. Maybe it would have to be, I was asked the other week about who would it be? Um, you know, I don't think you'd have to be too progressive in terms of the man you bring in. Um, the obvious name that people will say is Daryl Powell. I don't think that happens. I fought long and hard about it. And I, I maintain what I said on, on Sunday evening about that. And, you know, I, I still think he is the coach which will put the most bums on seats and get the most people through the turnstile if we announced it. 
But the more I think about it, the more I don't think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense at all, to be honest. Certainly not on a short-term deal. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be for it if he was available. Um, if we are in the situation where last goes on Friday night and, you know, we're either on level points away from or two behind and and we need something, would I, would I be for Daryl Powell? Would I, would I be asking the question? Do I think the board would ask the question? Yes, probably. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. He's had four pretty rough years, to be honest. I would imagine that Daryl Powell has got his mindset on a sabbatical at this point. I think he'd be, I think he'd be well in his rights to do that. I think that'd probably be the best thing for his career, to be honest, to kind of take a little bit of a step back and a bit of time out. Um, the last two years at Cass weren't great, despite the Wembley trip, if we're being brutally honest. And clearly the two years at Warrington haven't been great either. Um, so it wouldn't be like we'd be getting a coaching on, on a big high either. So I, I don't think he'd necessarily be the right option for that. Although, of course, you'd ask the question. Probably John Keir, isn't it? If we're being honest, if we're really looking in the mirror and going, who would make the most sense in that situation if it was to be that? It's probably John Keir. It's probably John Keir on a short-term move. Um, on a five, six games, do what you can. At the very least, you can get him out on the on the training paddock and you can get into him what it means to be cast. You know, you can. You, he's not going to take any. He's not going to take any rubbish off him by by any means. Is he? He's not going to take any shit. He's really not. Um, and he certainly knows what it means to be cast. Obviously, played for cast from the town. Literally, been in a, a very similar relegation scrap a few years ago, albeit on the other side. He knows exactly what it means, and he would be able to get something into the players. You'd hope. Um, so I think he'd probably be the option on a very short-term deal. But then, you, you know, you've got all kinds of things going on because regardless of what division you'll be in next year, I don't think John Key will be the option going forward. So then you've got to think about who you'd have in 2024. Might scupper some of the recruitment we've done. It, it's a bad situation going forward. For the future of the club, us losing on Friday and Andy last leaving, could it work out for the better? It could. But it's a big ask. It's a big ask, and it makes the future of the club much trickier with the things we have in place. If that is the case, you know, you, again, you're starting from scratch, and starting from scratch in August, um, it, it is really, really, really tough. So, you know, there might be some little minority of the fan base that actually wants us to not put performances on Friday. Um, if you're the kind of person who doesn't want us to win, doesn't want us to put performances on Friday, so Andy lasts out of the job, I recommend you stop listening to this podcast, <laughs> to be honest, because that's not the kind of fan I am, certainly, and I don't think that's the kind of fan any of us should be. Uh, I think we should be absolutely firing in all cylinders to get these two points and finish the season as strongly as we can and hope we can get above Wakefield. I don't think that's that's the route by any means. Um we're speaking purely theoretically here. And, you know, I've, I've been asked the question multiple times and I've avoided it multiple times because I've not really wanted to get to this situation. I hope we wouldn't get to this situation, but I feel like I couldn't do this podcast and not answer the question of what I felt um, what I felt should happen if, if we lose badly on Friday. I think if we lose badly on Friday, Andy Last, his position, I think, will be untenable at that point. Um, in terms of the pressure from the fan base, I don't think the powers that be will have much of a choice at that point. Um, I'd be interested to see what would happen. I'd be interested to see how we would address it. I think I, I think the club would reluctantly do it. Um, I don't think they'd take any relish in uh, in, in doing in doing it at all. Um, I, I, part of me rates that as well. You know, they, they've committed to this guy, and I think 
you know, I've seen a few comments as well about, you know, the, the fact that last someone said, you know, Andy Last only got the job because Danny Wilson became director of rugby and things like that. I think it's, I thought it'd been pretty well known from the start that when Lee Rafford took the job, Andy Last was always the successor. Uh, you know, that's not a, a Danny Wilson thing because he was given director of rugby a few months ago. I think that's always been the plan. And in theory, on you know, on black and white, on paper, it made sense to me. It did make sense. Bradford be you, you kind of you're forced to be reckoned with to go in and kind of make some real change and a complete, um, you know, a complete remove from what Daryl Powell done for the last seven, eight, nine years. And then you take Andy Last as kind of this aspiring, good young coach who'd be able to come in and kind of take it forward and give him his opportunity as a head coach. It just didn't work out under Radford. That's the problem. Um, you know, if, if there was rainbows everywhere, you know, and if, if, if it was nice and it would have worked beautifully, just, you know, it just didn't work out quite that way. But I do understand the vision. I do understand what we were trying to do. It's just not quite worked out. Um, but yeah, this, I, I think there has been some kind of long-term planning place and it's just been scuppered at this stage. because I just don't think anyone at the club believed uh, we'd be as poor as we were this year. And I think as simple as that. And now we're having to kind of deal with those consequences. So hopefully two points tomorrow and we don't have to worry about it too much and it can at least get kicked down the road a little bit. Um, I would suggest if we get two points tomorrow at Huddersfield, Andy Last will have the job for the rest of the year, no matter what. Um, I don't see what we could do, what any coach could do in kind of four or five weeks. Um you could bring someone in, maybe some kind of advisor or something like that. Maybe a John, maybe a John Keir comes in as just kind of get him on the training field, speaking to the players every week. You know, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but I don't think the long-term approach of last will change um, if if we can kind of get back on the horse a little bit this this Friday. And like I say, there is an opportunity there. There is a big opportunity there in order to do it. Um, so let's talk about that game. I'm aware I've gone around the circles a few times, but it's it's a tricky it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one that conversation and. You know, I want what's best for the club. And I think what I've just said probably would be what's best for the club. Um, but it's a very, very difficult question to answer. And I apologise, I've not done it very eloquently, but I certainly do my best. Um, it's just not a nice situation to be in, but let's be honest. Let's talk about this game. Let's talk about Huddersfield. So let's talk about Casford, Huddersfield. Um, the squad was released yesterday. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a post Casford could put out on social media at the minute that wouldn't get some kind of hate. <laughs> uh, maybe just beyond the Austin announcement. Um, but the squad raised some eyebrows, raised some questions, that's for sure. Um, he's gone for experience, hasn't he? He's got he's gone for uh his boys, as someone put it. Um, which a lot of people didn't like. A lot of people didn't like the fact that um Muslim Mustafa's out of the squad, uh Jason Gary Gary's out of the squad, Kane Rob's out of the squad. Uh, I don't think Brad Martin's back in the squad either. Would I like some of those players in the squad personally if I was coach? Yes, yes, I would. Um, I think as I said on Twitter yesterday, um, Twitter or X, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, came up, I understand, purely because there are now two other hookers at the club. Jordan Johnston will probably start the game, I would imagine. Uh, and then Liam Horn, I think, will come off the bench um, tomorrow night, but we'll see how that goes. Maybe Liam Horn's a starter. We will see. Uh, so I understand Kane Rob not being in the 21, purely because I don't think he can carry three hookers in that situation. Jason Gary Gary, I think Andy Last prefers Elliot Wallace. Uh, I said that a few times on the pods. I'm okay with that personally. Uh, from what I've seen of them this year, um, you know, I, by no means should we be giving up on Jason Gary Gary long term at all. He's 19 years old, um, needs as much game time as he can. However, 
would I say Elliot Wallace and Greg Eden were better options on the wing for this game? Probably, yeah, I think I would say that uh, for this particular game. So I, I don't really have any concerns with Jason Gary Gary being in there, being in there either. Um, or being out there either, should I say. Uh, Brad Martin, I would say, is a little bit hard done by. I, I probably would have liked to see Brad Martin in that squad. And there's a few players in there that probably didn't show the effort levels we wanted on Friday night against Hulk KR, where you'd probably put Brad Martin in above those guys, I think. Uh, but I'll get onto the reasons why I think it's happened. Um, and same with Muzzy Mustafa as well. I don't think Mustafa's put a foot wrong this year, really. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the fact that if he was five or six inches taller, he'd be an absolute will beater. You can't do anything about that. But his effort levels are absolutely superb. And he's certainly a player uh, I want around the club for the next few years. Um, I did see rumours the other day that he has signed the deal for the next season. I hope that's true. Uh, I do like Muzzy Mustafa. But again, I do kind of understand um, last thinking in terms of this squad. I have to assume what's been said in, in camp this week, obviously. I, there's a lot of this is based on assumptions, but you have to assume the best. As I said earlier in the pod, this is a massive, massive, massive game for Andy Last. It might be a cup final for him. He's got a view like that. This could be, if this is disastrous, if we lose by 40 on Friday, he is gone. If, if it's really bad, I mean... <laughs> If the performance is good and we lose by two points or they score a try in the final minute and the effort levels have been there, you can make a case. If this goes really terribly, there is no case, really. There can't be. So this is a massive, massive week and the players will know that. This is an experienced group of players. They'll know the situation Andy Lass is in. I would assume he's addressed all of them, either individually or as a group, and said, you know what? You've got to put, you've got to put your best foot forward. You've got to give me 100% this week. And anyone not willing to do that, put your hand up now. Surely he said that. Surely he has. And those players who are not willing to do so, or he believes would not be willing to do so, would be out of there. Of course they'd be out of there. Um, so he's put trust in the players that he's put trust in all year to step up. Um, he's challenged those kind of underperformers. People mentioned uh, George Griffin and a few other names here and there. Kenny Edwards, I'll get into him in a sec. Um, obviously that's been news this week as well. He's challenged those guys to show what they haven't shown all year because at their best, at their absolute best, are Kenny Edwards and George Griffin a better option at their absolute best than Muzzy Mustafa and Brad Martin right now in 2023? Yes. I think they are to win this game. If they play at their absolute best, then they throw 110% into it. The problem is we haven't seen that late this year. So clearly they've been challenging the week to show us that. And you know the proof will be in the pudding on Friday. It might not come off. Um, but as I said on Twitter the other day, Andy Lass will fall on that sword if that's the case. And I, I kind of respect him for going for that way. Um, you know, he's set his stall out with his team, and that's fair enough. He's challenged his players to be there and, you know, to, to, to get this win for him. It's as simple as that. Um, I did get a question from Alan Greenfield which relates to this uh, on, a few, on a few players, and I'll take them one by one, I think. Uh, but I'll read the question first. Uh, my issue is, do we play Edwards, Massey, uh, Griffin, if the rumours about him signing for Wakefield next year are true? Uh, and Alan says, isn't that why Crowder hasn't played for them as he signed for us next year? Uh, interesting question. As I say, I'll take them individually. I'll start with Griffin, because um, Alan says, if the rumours about him signing for Wakefield next year are true. That's interesting, because I've genuinely not seen that rumour. <laughs> so I can't really speak on that, to be honest. Um He's right to compare that to Jordy Crowther. Obviously, he was moved to Warrington. Um, so he basically doesn't have to be in a position to put us down. Um, because obviously, why would he do that? Because his future career depends on a Super League contract. So obviously, it's literally, it, there's a conflict of interest there. It makes perfect sense why Jordy Crowther moved on. 
to Warrington, obviously he wasn't going to come to Cavs because why would Wakefield do business with us at the moment? The difference with George Griffin, as I say, is I've only just heard that rumour just now. I assume that is just a rumour at this point. I assume he hasn't actually signed on the dotted line for Wakefield next year. If he has, then I agree. I would not be playing George Griffin um, if he signed on the dotted line for Wakefield next year. Um, but I would assume the fact he is in, in the squad and the club will know if that is the situation. Um, I would assume that is just a rumour and it is one of those situations where he doesn't have a deal wrapped up for next year and what Wakefield are just considering it. Um, so I, I don't think there's too much of an issue there. The issue with Griffin is more, as I say, is the effort levels. If he can show the effort levels are there this Friday, then fair enough. If he can't, then I won't play him again. And that's probably the same for all these players. Uh, Nathan Massey. Wasn't great. Wasn't great against Hulkar. Wasn't a Massey-like performance. Um, I think you'd say... If anyone's going to have taken what Andy Lasser surely said this week on board, um, and if anyone in that dressing room knows what it means to keep Kassov in, in this division and to put the best foot forward and really make the most of this kind of next five or six games, it has to be Nathan Massey. Of course it does. You, I, I don't think taking Kassad's out of the firing line is is probably the right move at the moment. Um, again, Friday could be different. If he's terrible on Friday, then... It's probably probably last chance for some of these players, to be fair. But you'd like to think they've got the opportunity to show that they do care. Uh, and Nathan Massey, I, I would put pretty close to the top of that list in terms of players that do care. Kenny Edwards is an interesting one. And I completely see both sides with Kenny Edwards. Quite a few people called yesterday when the announcement, well, it wasn't an announcement, when the article came out that he's not um, asked for a release for next year for the last two years of his contract. Quite a few people were saying you should have played for Cass again. Uh, I get it. I, I completely get it. And again, <laughs> if you ask me at quarter to nine on, uh, sorry, quarter to ten on Friday night, I might agree with you. If he doesn't put it in against Huddersfield, his former team as well, he generally performs quite well against his former teams. If we see the same level of effort from Kenny Edwards on Friday night as we've seen previously, if we've not, if we don't see anything like the Kenny Edwards that played for that deal a year ago, and we shouldn't forget how good he was. Um. If we don't see that, then yeah, I I I wouldn't have him here after that two-week break. Uh, I don't think there'd be any point, to be honest. Certainly, he's not going to be here next year. The thing with Edwards would have to be, um, you know, he's not moving elsewhere in Super League. He's going back home by the looks of things. It's more that kind of thing. He just wants to head back home, go to music festivals, apparently. I'm not sure he should have put that in his Instagram story before this was released, but there we are. Um, if Edwards has gone into a room with Danny Wilson and Andy Last, which I assume he has, and asked for this contract, there is no way that conversation did not also involve a chat or a question of, are you committed to the rest of this year? Can you give us effort for the rest of this game, for the rest of the season? Can you go into the Huddersfield game and prove why you should still be here and why we should not let you go straight away? That conversation must have been had. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the squad. Um, or if his answer had not been right to that question, he wouldn't be in the squad. If he said no, and or there's been no indication from from Kenny that he's going to put the effort in, and he, he has fully checked out, um, he surely wouldn't be in the squad this week. I, I, I would, I can't fathom why you'd pick him above Brad Martin if he's not given a very, very good answer to that question and gone. Do you know what? Yes, thank you for the last couple of years. I'm going to put it in for these last six weeks. I apologise potentially even for some poor performances um, down the stretch. I've not been great this year but I've only got six games left in the UK. I'm going to give my absolute best, uh, or seven games at every lobby. Um, 
that has to have been his response to that question if he's been named in this squad. So again, the proof will be in the pudding on Friday. I'm going to say that all the time. I've said it all podcast. You know, we have a, I said last week, in fact, after the Wakefield game, after Wakefield's win uh, against Warrington, I, I said that I'd have a pretty good idea of whether we were going to go down or not um, this Friday night. I, I maintain that. I, I think it's, it's enormous. It's enormous. I think just based on the eye test, we'll be able to see the effort levels. We'll be there on Friday night. We'll be able to see the effort levels of these players. We'll be able to see the result we get. We'll be able to see if there's any kind of direction, if there's any kind of fight, to be honest, in terms of in terms of staying up. We'll be able to see that firsthand. We'll be able to see it from all these players and we'll be able to see it from Andy Last. Um, you know, I might have a very different view on things Saturday morning. That's true. And I think we all will. Um it's absolutely massive. It's absolutely massive. We will know if we're in the fight 10 o'clock Friday night, for sure. Regardless of result as well, like I said, I think there is the possibility where we lose by a drop goal or it's a golden point or we lose by even a last-minute score or a last-minute penalty a penalty goal or something like that. If the effort has been there at the very, very least, then there's still some hope. It's just that effort. It, it, it's just that effort that has to be there. And Hopefully... Hopefully it is. Hopefully it is, because at the very least, the coach must have asked for it this week. Um, his job's on the line. I think a lot of these players' cast careers uh, are on the line. A lot of these players we've brought in, these five players are in positions where we could replace them. They'll know that. They'll know that. If they are committed to cast at the end of the year, if they care about keeping cast up in Super League, we're going to find out on Friday night. And I would say, as much as, as painful as this season has been, um, if that isn't a reason to get down and support them and see what they can do on Friday night I don't know what it is uh, it's the biggest game I can remember it is the biggest game I can remember Cass have had in a very very long time everyone's talking about the Wakefield game for obvious reasons and we'll get to that we're going to have two more weeks to talk about that after this honestly I, I think this is just as big because this this game I mean the Wakefield game might decide the future of this season Um, might, might decide this season sorry but I think this this game could honestly decide the future of the club in a lot of ways, in terms of personnel, in terms of the coach, in terms of how the fan base, how the fan base actually views this team and views the club. It's enormous. It's absolutely massive on Friday. So I'll be there. I hope a lot of you will be there. I hope you will support the boys. Because um, that's all we can do. You know, that's all we can do. There's, there's plenty kind of sniping from the sidelines and, you know, there's, it, it has been quite a toxic place. Um, you know, there's been a couple of times this week I have turned my phone off. <laughs> um, naturally, I get quite a lot of notifications, particularly through the Clivecast Twitter nowadays. And there's a few bits and pieces which do my head in, to be honest. There's been quite a lot. I get it. And I completely get frustration. Um, but yeah, it's been a pretty toxic place, at least on social media. So I, I hope, I mean, if we're 30 0 down at half time, fair enough. Go on, it's fine. But I would like to think we can keep a little bit that at the turnstile and at least where when the players take the field on Friday, we can get behind them and just see just see what they can come up with. Just see what they can come up with. At the very least, we've got two young lads uh, coming from Australia who'll be wondering what the hell's going on <laughs> if, if, the, if the crowd takes a turn uh, early on. You know, they've, they've both spoke about uh, how excited they are to, speak, uh, to play for the passionate cast fans. I mean, Let's give them. Let's not let them down. Let's not let them down in that instance. Let's get behind the players. Let's hope they reciprocate that. If they don't, then you know, over. I mean, if they don't, what can we do? 
what can we do? But at the very least, let's get behind them and hope hope they reciprocate that reciprocate that effort and get this result in what is a winnable game. And it's probably one of the few winnable games we've got left, but this is a winnable game against Huddersfield. They're vulnerable. They're not great. We're at home. Let's give it a go and let's put that pressure right back on Wakefield because all of a sudden, if we can get two points on Friday and we've got Blake Austin coming, the momentum completely shifts again. That's what it's going to be. That's that's a relegation battle at this tight. It's all about momentum and the momentum would go in our favour once again in that instance. Um, so let's hope. Let's hope that is the case. You know, that's pretty much what I talked about on the very first episode of this podcast. Three months ago, I talked about this squad not being quite good enough on paper, let's be honest. There wasn't a hell of a lot we could do about it. We've tried as best, obviously, with the, with the signings and hopefully there's two world beaters playing on Friday. But my position's pretty much not changed since episode one. This season was going to be about hoping that we've got enough and it was going to be a skin of our teeth job, no matter what. This might go down to the final game of the season. Who knows? It was always going to be the case. It was always going to be the case that it was going to go to the final game. Um, and it was going to be it was going to be horrible. <laughs> Let's be honest, it has been pretty horrible. But we set our stall out a few years ago, building this squad. It wasn't good enough. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. But we supported them a hell of a lot more three months ago than it seems we are now. So let's just bring that back up if we can. Let's get behind them. Let's get there in numbers. Let's support the lads who certainly are giving a go. And let's hope that all 17 do on Friday night. And if they do, I firmly believe that if the efforts are there, we've got a good chance of getting a good result against Huddersfield. And all of a sudden, we can come back next week and we'll be a little bit more positive about where Cass are. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, been one of those ranty ones, I know, but um, kind of had to be. And I think at this point, as I said earlier on, it would be weird for me not to address the last thing. Um, and yeah, if we lose badly, it is probably time. That is my, that is my honest answer. Um, so there we have it. I'm going to go now. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'm going to go watch some Blake Austin highlights. Um, See you soon. Coif.